sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two of the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez and my man Kevin Walsh with me every weekday morning as we put the fun in functional sports content and try to make it a more profitable day for you. And Kev, we got to, you know, we got to say again at the top of the hour, we're about to talk here about Clippers and Mavericks, right? Game six, which I think is going to be, you know, there's reasons to be very excited about this game, right? Uh, Will Luca be able to do it again? Did the Clippers just, you know, figure out like, nah, 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 that was cute, you little kid, but we are going to roll on. Has Paul George discovered something? All of these are very interesting and important questions in the context of the NBA playoffs and in the context of crowning a champion. But I would be remiss if we didn't once again talk about our big time headline. The headline of the sports world is that, Kev, we don't know if these games are going to be played. The playoff games in the NBA were not played yesterday. MLS was not played yesterday. WNBA was not played yesterday. The Milwaukee Brewers did not play yesterday in response to the violence and as part of the protest going on around the Blake shooting in Wisconsin and looking for change, looking for awareness. That happened yesterday. There's going to be meetings today. We don't know what is going to happen as these Americans are exercising their First Amendment right to protest. But, Kev, we got to still give people the edge, right? I'm just saying, if people didn't hear our one, we do have to mention that is the huge headline in the sports world, and it is a very fluid situation. But, Kev, if by the time we hit 9 o'clock Eastern time tonight, the playoffs and the NBA is still going on, the Los Angeles Clippers will play game six against the Dallas Mavericks. We know about Luka. We know about KP, how they are compromised. We know about Luka's ridiculous efforts and how he is emerging as one of the top elite talents in the NBA. But the Clippers put up 150 against them last time out to get to a 3-2 series lead. This is game six in normal circumstances. Game six, Dallas would have this game back at their building with the home crowd and all that. That's not the case. It's in the bubble. And we've got a 10 and a half point spread in this one. 237 is the total if this game is played later tonight, Kev. Is this kind of just like, you know, the, the avalanche rolling down the hill? Or do the Mavs still have something in them to try to force a Game 7? So I think that the Mavs having something in them is more than reasonable, especially considering the Clippers' shooting performance was out of this world, and it has to come back to earth a little bit. The most interesting thing is this idea, uh, this closeout boost that we keep kind of seeing put on these teams. Yeah, That, you know, the Clippers are here now laying 10.5 after routinely laying 7.5 game closed at 8 in that Chris Dapp's absence. Because it's one of two things. Either it's this closeout boost, Clips are going to win, they're going to roll them, or after game five, they went to themselves, you know what? Without Chris Stapps, the Mavs are toast. Right. Like, yeah, they did a great job kind of bouncing back in game four, but they were down 20 at one point. They got blown off the court in game five. Go back to what happened when he got thrown out in game number one. And I just wonder, Dane, and, and, and I'd, I'm curious what you think here. 
you know, is the books just giving this closeout boost that they've been given, or are they like Clippers without the Mavericks is a ten and a half point spread? Yeah, I mean, I think you're. I think it's both. To be quite honest, Kev, you know, I think it's both of them. As we once again welcome in our radio audience from around the country here onto Sports Grid. Thanks for waking up early with us. I think there is something to both elements there, Kev. Right, like the idea that, and this happens in NBA series, right? Like the avalanche continues to snowball, especially Kev. If you know the Clippers get out to any kind of double-digit lead at some point, right? It could be like I like to say, dead man walking, and we understand that it becomes more of a coronation than a fourth quarter. I think that is part of it, and the other part of it is, yeah, Christoph Porzingis was really important for them. Remember the difference? We talked about it. We saw the the case study in Game One. Right. And then for me, game four is just Luca. You know what I mean? It's just Luca. Like he he was otherworldly in that game. And you can kind of chalk it up to one of the best players in the world having a signature performance. Right. And then now when you know that that ain't going to happen all the time and there is still no KP and there is the potential for the snowball effect. I think that's why you have a uh, relatively large spread, Kev. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of it is probably like, they're like, ah, they were up 21. Like they were blowing them out and they just took their foot off the gas and it keeps messing them up. But I'll tell you this, if we get this game tonight, I'm taking the 10 and a half and it's not hmm. like, Oh, I might, I no, I'm taking this 10 and a half. Like, definitely going to because the Clippers shooting performance can regress. This game could be tight and the Clippers can win. We don't know like if Chris steps and that's a good point to say on again, I, we're not going to get this game tonight, but if we get this game tonight like, <laughs> and Chris steps plays and this number right. all of a sudden goes back down to, you know, seven and a half, eight, nine, right, right, nine right. like that would be really interesting to me. All right, so we will keep our eye out on that. But remember, we don't even know if this is going to happen. We only got a minute left. You know, the first game technically on the slate at 4 o'clock, but it doesn't even have a line out. Maybe it's because, listen, yeah. if a meeting happens at 11 o'clock, it is very doubtful that we are going to see game six of the Nuggets and the Jazz today in the bubble that is slated technically for 4 p.m. Eastern time today. Technically, the Utah Jazz have a 3-2 series lead in this one, but Jamal Murray and the Nuggets looked like they were still live. This would be an incredible game six if it does come to pass, but it being the first game on the slate, I don't know that all the I's will be dotted, the T's will be crossed, and all the statements that want to be made will be made by that time. So we're probably not going to see this game. When we come back, we got NFL news and notes to discuss here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here on the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh here every weekday morning. And Kev, you know, there's so much going on, right, in this world, in this country, that I need to remind you, Kev, two weeks from tonight, the NFL season <laughs> kicks off. Let me repeat that. 
two weeks from tonight. If you get a paycheck today, you might not get another paycheck until the NFL actually starts their season. That's how close we are. So here on the early line, we want to remind you, we're going to start giving you more and more NFL news and notes, NFL buzz. But the problem here, Kev, is with no preseason games. Without like even beat reporters having access to practice, like the the reporters are literally like lined up in their cars in the parking lot, sitting in their cars watching practice because of, you know, social distancing and COVID rules and stuff like that. We're not going to see with our own two eyes, Kev. We're not going to see with our own two eyes what is going on. So we may need to rely even more on kind of beat reporters on these random reports. And so the idea of buy or sell the news is even more important. And so we will start getting that a little bit more here on the early line to give you the contours of what to expect in this NFL season. I also know it is fantasy football draft season, and you could always holler at the spitting statistician with your questions. We may even answer them on the show. The other thing, though, Kev, that happens as teams start to practice is people get hurt. And that's what happened with Chicago Bears second year running back David Montgomery yesterday. He was taken off the field. We later find out it is a groin injury. He is set and primed to be the lead back for this Chicago Bears offense. We know about Tariq Cohen, but he's more of a pass catching guy. Kev, I'm fading this Chicago Bears offense Anyway, I was fading David Montgomery anyway. It didn't even matter if your boy and his big Nick energy was there under center. I'm fading this Bears offense. What say you about the Bears offense and this Montgomery injury? Because we're only two weeks away. I feel like Montgomery is a classic, classic, like underperformed in a lot of ways. And then we look at it and we go, Wait, he did all of that? Like, as a rookie, 242 carries, put up 889, and gave you six rushing touchdowns. Is it great? It's not great. Under four yards a carry is never great. It's a lot of work. And even in the passing game, right? 35 targets as a rookie. Came down with 25 of them. Did have a receiving touchdown, 185 yards. Like, you would think year two, the workload increases. If we get even a little bit more efficiency in terms of his yards per carry, you're talking about a thousand yard rusher. In if it's Nick Foles, still what should be a better offense, and the targets at least even if it goes from just thirty five to forty five, like and yeah. he's all of a sudden now catching you know thirty five balls and gives you two like you know and gives you nine ten total touchdowns like. You know, he had seven last year as a rookie. I understand being, like, underwhelmed with what, like, Montgomery gave. But as a rookie, the workload was there. I know we're talking about this from an injury perspective, but, like, if Mm -hmm. he ends up being A-OK, there's a world where we're wildly undervaluing David Montgomery. Yeah, it's possible. Um, He's right now as a back-end RB2 or as a flex play, the injury notwithstanding. You know, it's ironic. He got hurt yesterday in practice, right? But there were quotes that were coming out from him 
previous to that, where he was acknowledging that he had to change his diet and his eating habits and take preparation for the NFL more seriously. Um, that that's something he was learning after his rookie year. So maybe he came to, came in a little uh, soft in his rookie year, but he was looking to make that change. So this now groin injury, we have to keep an eye on. I personally am not on the Montgomery train. I don't like him necessarily as a player. He was more of a plotter for me. I didn't like him, the idea of breaking all these tackles at Iowa State. I didn't necessarily think that's what was going to happen. You pointed to the yards per carry number. That is the most concerning for me at under four yards a game. You know, fantasy, though, Kev, is like the talent of the player and the opportunity that he has, right, and that combination. And I think people are not respecting the opportunity that Alan Lazard now has in Green Bay. We gave the Packers shade, Kev, for not getting a wide receiver, not drafting a wide receiver in the draft, right? Going A.J. Dillon instead or Jordan Love instead, right? And then the guy who was supposed to be their number two receiver, Devin Funches, opted out of the season. We know about Devontae Adams, but the guy last year in that role was Alan Lazard, and there is buzz that he is going to own that role for the Green Bay Packers offense this year. It's not necessarily about the player here, but buy or sell the position, the opportunity here, Kev, that whoever is the second leading pass catcher for the Green Bay Packers, do you buy that that person is fantasy viable, whoever that person is? Oh, boy. Um, I get it, right? I get it. But we've been doing it, feels like, for a while now. Last year, you look at the three guys that came behind Devontae Adams and his 127 targets. Lazard, yep. 52. MVS, 56. Geronimo yep. Allison, 55. So right. can Alan Lazard, you know, command more of that? Maybe. And if he does, definitely. No, but I think like, that's the case, though, Kev, right? Like if one of those guys, MVS, Lazard, Equiminius St. Brown, whoever it is, what, what, if, do you believe if, if the buzz is real, right, that one of them will rise to be the legit you know, second receiver. And so it won't be 50, 50, 50, right? If those targets instead are, you know, 80, 90, 40, 40, then you have a legitimate wide out too for the Packers. And it seems like that's where the buzz is that he is, you know, stamping himself and becoming the clear number two in that universe. Is he viable? Look, I mean, look, if he's like, and that's the thing, that's not a question. If he's the clear two, right? Then right. Of course he's viable. If he gets, 85 to 90 targets, of course he's viable. But okay. that, to me, like, like that's not even the question. It's do we believe that they've found a legit number two wide receiver? And if you look at this offense in, you know, kind of the more recent years, you know, since it was Jordy and Randall Cobb and, and Devon, like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not been the case. So I will be a little bit more cautious. If we're looking at his ADP, we're like, oh, that's value. He's low. Cool. But if I start paying for Aaron Rodgers' second wide receiver, I'm out. No, I hear you, and that's why I think it's, it's I think it's important that there are two separate questions on the table, right, to buy or sell. One is, do you have faith that the number two receiver for Green Bay is something you'd be interested in as fantasy viable, right? It sounds like that you're buying. 
right? The question is, like, is Alan Lazard going to ascend to that role? You don't necessarily buy because there is an MVS there. There are other guys, the Jake Kumaros of the world. What I'm saying, Kev, is in this universe where you ain't going to be able to see it for yourself because the Packers aren't playing any preseason games, right? So the opportunity for you to decipher who is that number two wide receiver, we now, this year, more than in other years, have to kind of rely on these Rumors, buzz, beat reporters, right? And if that's the news we're hearing, buy or sell the idea that he is kind of ascending or solidifying himself in that role. That's what I'm saying. The buzz is, I get it, right? Number two, wide out, sure. I guess the question is, do you believe the talk, the hype, the buzz that in camp Lazard is solidifying himself to be the man for that role? Yeah, and look, and again, that's the question that we're going to have to try to find uh, out an answer. And I think ultimately it's going to come down to me waiting for, you know, the ADP to kind of dictate whether or not I believe I'm paying for a guy who might be, right, Mm -hmm. a legit number two and or, oh, no, he has to be the legit number two in order for me to justify this pick because I will not take him at. That spot where, oh, you need to ju- like, he better be the number two because we've not right. seen that. Like, he, he could be second in targets, but that doesn't matter because he could, might be right next to the guy who's third, fourth, and fifth. All right, fair enough. Here's what we'll do. We got to take a break for the news. When we come back, I'll give you his ADP. I'll give you the names around them, and we'll see, relatively speaking, if that works for you. We also have a slate of Major League Baseball games that we think are going to get played, so we'll turn our attention to those when we come back right here on The Early Line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on SportsGrid, including our radio audience, of course, from around the country, including all those people in the West Coast waking up early with us. Kev, before the break, we were talking about Alan Lazard, and I understand what you're saying. Okay, like, you know, you're not going to just all of a sudden go ahead of the curve and be like, he's Aaron Rodgers, number two in Green Bay, outside of Devontae Adams. He's going to soak it all up. I understand that, right? But that's what this kind of rumor, that's what the hot take, that's what the buzz is now, right? And my point is that unlike normal preseasons, you may have to rely on some of this information or take it with a grain of salt and figure out if you are buying it and actually respond to it have it be actionable opinions more than in other years because you don't see the practices and highlights you don't see preseason games you can't see for yourself and you know preseason week three who's running with the ones or not right like if the packers were playing a preseason game you could see when they start who's opposite Devontae adams and then when they pull out aaron Rodgers, like which wideouts are playing with jordan love and is lazard getting all the snaps with adams and Rodgers? you'd be able to see that Normally, you are not able to see that this year. So that's the point, right, Kev? Like, do we put sock in what we are hearing to make those decisions? But let me let me uh, play the little game with you, right? Because you said maybe Lazard could have that value. But I want to tell you some of the names that he is just behind, Kev, 
in fantasy football drafts. And these are names that, honestly, I'd definitely take Alan Lazard over. Alan Lazard right now, Kevin, obviously this could move throughout draft season. He's listed as the wide receiver 60, Kev, on draft boards. 60. Okay? Uh, Nikhil Harry is 58. Would you rather Lazard or Nikhil Harry? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I'll take Lazard there. All right. Henry Ruggs is 52. Hmm. No, I'd go Ruggs. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Would you not? I am worried about oh, Las Vegas. Excuse me. I, 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 I. I would fade all parts of the Raiders' offense. Yes, I would take Lazard over Ruggs. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. You Even that- with the Terrell Williams injury. Even with the Terrell Williams injury. Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, another one. Uh, what about rookie in Minnesota, Justin Jefferson? Supposed to be the number two, right? In Minnesota, yeah. maybe. There's BZ Johnson, right? Um, then Lazard, maybe the number two in Green Bay, right? At least Lazard has a year under his belt. Maybe you think the skill and talent of a guy like Jefferson is better. How would you uh, How would you uh, select that if you're in the, you know, whatever round of the draft is, you're looking for your fifth wide receiver, let's say, and both of those guys are on the board? Probably go Justin Jefferson. Okay. Interesting to see. I think I'm a little bit higher on Lazard than you are. And I will say it is because of the opportunity and the fact that he was in that opportunity last year. Aaron Rodgers, I think, likes to go to people that he is comfortable with. But I digress. The other piece of news that I did want to mention from the NHL, another kind of report about buzz, right? And buy or sell it, Kev. Do we take it with a grain of salt? Is this a nugget of information that proves to be a diamond that proves to, you know, come to pass and you could get ahead of it? Or is this piece of news a fugazi, something that, Kev, you just tell me, Dane, forget about in Seattle. Pete Carroll and the Seahawks are saying, you know what? New running back Carlos Hyde, he's going to be a big piece of this offense. Remember, Carson is banged up right now, so Hyde is getting run in practice and is looking good. We know Carson has fumble issues as well, injury concerns as well. Buy or sell that Carlos Hyde might wind up with just as much opportunity as Chris Carson throughout the season. Or is this more like Carson is actually the lead dog here? I think that we get a lead dog. It's I think okay. it's fair to wonder who it is, though. I think that's how ah. I, I kind of would put it. I think it's okay. fair to ask, can Hyde take this job? Like, I don't think we're mm. looking at, like, a 50-50 split week to week, but I, I think the, the job can be had. Um, mm. And that's enough for me where it's less about Hyde. And again, you make the call on Hyde based on the ADP, but it's it's more about then I probably can't draft Chris Carson. You're fading Carson then. Right. So you don't believe that he is worth it at that level that he is. And remember, he was not healthy the entire year. I mentioned he also had a fumbling issue. What I will say and why I think there's a universe that even before this becomes completely clear, Kev, I do think there's sort of value in both of them because the Seattle Seahawks as an offense are one, despite having a Russell Wilson, right, are still one of the more run-heavy teams in the National Football League. They have been from throughout the last couple of years, right? So I say that to mean, you know, we talk about the shares of the pie, right, Kev? The run game pie, though, is bigger than the run game pie for a lot of other teams. So even if it is split, 
that chunk could still be a sizable piece because the Seahawks are a run-heavy team, and they have been so for the last few years. Let's turn our attention, Kev, to Major League Baseball because, you know, we know, listen, there were games that didn't get played for this same social justice boycott reason as we're talking about in the NBA, right? The Mariners and the Fathers didn't play yesterday. San Francisco and the Dodgers didn't play yesterday. Of course, the Milwaukee Brewers with this stuff going on right in their backyard did not play. Also, individual players like Jason Hayward for the Cubs did not play. And I want to just set the context of this before we go into any of the games that will happen today. Kev, you know tomorrow was supposed to be Jackie Robinson Day in Major League Baseball. Uh, This is something that usually happens on April 15th towards the beginning of the season. But as you know, Baseball, sports were not happening on April 15th in this country. And so they pushed it back and they were going to have it be tomorrow, uh, August 28th. That was going to be Jackie Robinson Day. You know, everyone wearing the number 42 and that sort of thing. And what would it be like from an optics standpoint, from a PR standpoint, if on the day where you're honoring Jackie Robinson, who broke the color barrier, there are protests happening and individual players or teams deciding to boycott because of, you know, this issue around um, police violence and what is happening in different you know areas of this country how would it look where we're honoring jackie robinson in this exact context in the background i think it you know it could be eye-opening for people um it could also probably um influence maybe some people that you know have held out yesterday and, and might do so again today that might be an incentive for them to want to be out there on the field um, mm. I, I think that that's certainly possible, but, but yeah, I, I think it should be eye opening to people that as you look to honor Jackie Robinson and everything, uh, that, you know, he kind of represents, there's still a lot of stuff that, you know, pertains to these issues that are not even yeah. close to being right. Yeah, absolutely. There is still work to be done. But Kev, let's try to look onto the field, right? And one of the divisions we have been very closely following, Kev, is the NL West, right? And, you know, um, the Padres didn't play yesterday. The Dodgers and Giants didn't play yesterday. But... The Colorado Rockies and the Arizona uh, Diamondbacks did play yesterday, and I've been talking about how tight this you know division is. The Rockies are getting back on the gravy train. They have now won three in a row, including an 8-7 victory yesterday over Arizona. Charlie Blackman, remember that name, Kev? He hit a grand slam, so you would think, nice game for him, but not in one of the records he is chasing, because even though he hit a grand slam, Kev, that was his only hit of the game. So him going one for four despite it being a grand slam lowers the man's average to 390 although the rockies do get that 8-7 win they inch above 500 now one game over in that division and they renew hostilities today yeah i mean the d-backs what a tough scene this has been for them and they made that push down 8-1 all the way back get involved And they had the bases loaded as that game came to an end. Like they probably felt like, and what a what a boost that would be, right? Um, for your first win in some time to be coming back from an eight-one deficit, sure. like that would would have been incredible from them. This game is interest is interesting though. We, you know, and we've talked a lot when it comes to you know these teams meeting up about playing the under, and obviously mm. yesterday. 
would have not worked out. And in fact, I was actually on in-game live last night uh, for a little bit of this game. It was a quick 2 nothing jump for the Rockies, and the number went up to 13.5. When I got, yeah, I probably want to jump under that. And the number came all the way down to 7, right? Well, well mm-hmm. what happened? Well, th- well, things went wrong, right? Because they scored 12 runs <laughs> in innings 8 and 9. But right. that's not a thing that you can, like, count on, right? And that's a ridiculous burst of offense. So for me, Dane, I, I think, you know, wanting to come back to it isn't bad, but the total's eight and a half. Is this a seven-inning game? Like, I can't, <laughs> right, play, you know, I can't play under eight and a half. Okay, fair enough. And you're right. This game is not in Colorado. It's in Arizona. You know, so there are more opportunities. Yeah, I do think it is possible. The other thing to look at for that, Kyle Freeland on the mound for the Rockies. Zach Gallen, the young kid for Arizona. So maybe that's another part of the reason we have a low total. Gallen has been decent so far this year. You talk about big comebacks that, you know, almost happened but didn't come all the way to fruition. I turn our attention to the NL East and what happened with Miami and the New York Mets last night, okay? The Mets were up like 4-1 going into the eighth inning, okay? They bring in Edwin Diaz, Kevin, and then everything changed, right? They, they, they tie the game up on Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz leaves the game for injury, okay? They tie the game at four, but then I think Ramos has a base knock to get the Mets their victory. When we come back on the other side of the break, I want to get your thoughts on the NL East, Kev, because, you know, nobody is out of it. And by the way, the Atlanta Braves, who are at the top of that division, Yeah, they just did some work also. They swept a doubleheader from the Yankees, and they gave – they did something, Kev, that hasn't been done in Major League Baseball in literally over a year, okay? So we'll look at the NL East, but the Braves may be something to watch. They're doing something literally that hasn't been done in a long time in Major League Baseball. I'll tell you what that was, and we'll look at some more games on this MLB slate when we come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here on to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern time. Dane Martinez and my main man, Kevin Walsh. Kevin, I talked about this going into the break, that the Braves did something that has not been done in like a year in Major League Baseball. And what that was was hang a loss on Garrett Cole. And it was the rookie that did it, making his debut, Mr. Anderson. I think he took the red pill or the blue pill. I'm not sure which one it was. But whatever it was, it was enough to stifle this Yankees offense. Now, I got to ask you, Kev, because they played the doubleheader and the Braves won both of those games. And and listen, you can make excuses for the Yanks like Gary Cole will be fine or you got Stanton and Judge and LeMayhew and Torres and all the injuries, you know, Paxton and all this. Um, The Yankees have lost five in a row now, Kev. 
Are you, do you have any concern for them? Because I know you could say, oh, these guys are all going to come back. They'll be all right. They'll be healthy. But they have lost five in a row. They are two and a half games back of the Rays in first place. And they, like anybody else, Kev, wouldn't want to be in one of these weird playoff situations where they're facing someone like Bieber, right? And then get behind the eight ball. Are you concerned at all for the losing streak of the New York Yankees? No. Okay. Now I will look good answer. On it, though, but I could okay, leave it. I, mean, literally, you... <laughs> I could literally leave it at that. Why not? Dane, Why not? They they are at ninety nine point three to make the playoffs. As sure. long as they make the rest of this doesn't matter. I don't care about home field advantage if because they, they might legitimately go into a bubble. And the thing right. is, like it might be like, oh well, maybe if you're first place, you avoid Bieber. Yeah, or maybe if you're first place, you're signing up for Bieber. I don't know. They have the same exact mm-hmm. record as the White Sox. The, the Indians might go third. So, so, but also, mm-hmm. like, the Yankees are going to throw Garrett Cole. Like, so, like, what are we doing here, right? The Rays are going to throw Blake Snell. The The White Sox are going to throw Mr. No-Hitter. The Astros are going to throw Zach Granke. What are we doing here? I get the point. Five in a row, rather not, right? But they were massively banged up and lost to a very good Tampa Bay Rays team. Then mm-hmm. had to miss the whole weekend where they were supposed to be playing the New York Mets. And could have got some wins under the belt there. And then when they come mm-hmm. back and they get rained out against the Atlanta Braves, and then they got to play a doubleheader. Garrett Cole doesn't have it. Unfortunate. They lose that game. The next one, Aaron Boone, unfortunately, does an Aaron Boone thing and takes out Tanaka for absolutely no reason. And they lose the game. Right. But guess what? They only scored two runs over two games. So that's not good enough. And you might be able to say, if they had DJ LeMahieu and Giancarlo Stanton and Judge could finish the game, well, maybe they would have been able to score more. So ultimately, no, I'm not worried at all. All right, let's ask you this from the Atlanta Braves side of things, right? Because for them, sweeping this doubleheader is a big accomplishment. They go to six game over 500 as they hit the nominal halfway point of the season after 30 games. Going into this year, we talked about the NL East. Right. As this kind of gauntlet with what we thought were four solid contenders and then the Miami Marlins. And now the Marlins are above 500. The Nationals, as the defending champs, are six games under. The Mets are stumbling and look like a, you know, like a clown show on some nights. So let me ask you this. Are you confident that the Braves are that team in the NL East? And will they start to put uh, distance between them and the rest of the division, including those Miami Marlins who are still hanging around? Yeah, I mean, the Marlins are doing good for themselves, but no one's really scared of them. Um, but the, the Braves are in a very good spot. The, the Braves mm-hmm. are, you know, kind of, you know, clearly establishing themselves as, as the top of the American League East. And, I mean, you want to talk about, like, not being worried. I mean, my goodness. Like, how many teams are above 500 in the National League? You got them. In the National the Marlins, League. The Cubs. Yeah. The Cardinals are eking out by yeah. two. Got the Rockets yeah, eating the, it out by one, and then of course the, the Dodgers, Dodgers and the Padres. Padres but That's like, seven, and you fit eight into the playoffs. Like the Bra- like the, the the Braves are in a great spot. They're getting you know Anderson's yeah. a big deal, right? Because obviously, uh, you know they they you know their rotation did get banged up here. I'll tell you this, and I, I'm starting to make and, and forgive me, but I'm starting to make this whole playoff probability a very you know consistent part of this conversation when we talk baseball. But one right. thing that's pretty odd to me is that the Braves have a lower percentage 
than the Padres to make the playoffs, which makes no <laughs> sense when the Padres have a worse record and are not in first yeah. place in their division. But that's um, what it is. You're right. You are correct. I mean, who knows what goes into that? Who knows how often they adjust those numbers, right? And so uh, we we shall see. And remember, uh, at the, the standings are going to look inconsistent the entire rest of the way in, you know, because teams are on pause and not all teams will get 260 games. This division is so interesting. You talk about, like, how many teams are above 500 in the National League, and that is the reason that I think this next game is still important. I'm talking about in that division in the NL. Philadelphia and Washington. Okay, because if you look at the Phillies, they're two games under, but they've won three in a row, and they're still right there in the playoff chase. You know, they got that win yesterday, three to two. Aaron Nola, who we were wondering about, would he bounce back and have another good outing after a less than stellar outing his last time out? He did have a good seven innings. Reese Hoskins went yard, and the Phillies get a win. You know, you're right, Kev. A 500 team can get in to the playoffs. And then who knows who you draw and who knows what happens, right? So I think this Philly-Washington game today continues, and this series in a jam-packed, mediocre NL East continues to be important. Do you think the Phillies keep it going? They're plus 158 dogs today, and the reason is likely because of the man on the mound for the other team. Max Scherzer gets the start for the Nets. Yeah, uh, look, we've got the Phillies rolling a little bit here now, having won three in a row. What a big win that was yesterday. They came back from behind, I believe it was in the seventh inning, they took that lead. Uh, they Brandon Workman, I think, allowed that leadoff double and was able to get out of that jam and not give up the time run, which would have felt disastrous considering his first appearance for this Phillies team after they acquired him from Boston. We've talked about this, right? Like This is the series that can separate. And the Phillies have this thing where they win kind of where you're like, ah, they won't win, right? It's they lose the ones where they obviously should win. Like, I don't mind taking the Phillies at plus 160. I really don't. Mm. Okay, fair enough. That would be a fade potentially of Max Scherzer or them getting into the bullpen after the fact. You know, you mentioned kind of how many teams are above 500 and these playoff probabilities, right, Kev? Well, in the American League, it's also similar, right? You got two... The top two teams in each division, we know the the White Sox are kind of above 500. And that other team that you kind of got to give credit to are the Toronto Blue Jays. They and their young kids are now over 500 after getting a victory over what may be the worst team in Major League Baseball, the Boston Red Sox. They put up a nine spot, nine to one. Remember, these games are played, Kevin, in Buffalo with a little bit of a difference. And those games have been going over. I asked you that because 9-1 certainly feels like over to me. I look, they have adjusted the number. It is 10 on the number. So are you interested in this total or are you just interested in continuing to fade the Boston Red Sox? Because that could be interesting as well as the Blue Jays send their ace in Jing Ryu to the slab today. It, it don't, you know, with them sending Ryu though, maybe it, be- it begs the question, should we play, be playing an under here? As they move this total up, Right? Might we yeah. want to come around? Now, actually, yesterday, you know, that total sat in 11. Um, but you still mm. got the Red Sox, who have been an under team on the season. A lot of that having to do, you know, with how ni- how high their numbers get posted. Um, yeah, I-, I would not look to back the Red Sox in any way, shape, or form. Uh, that team stinks. <laughs> okay, but they're not uh, worse very- than the Pirates, to be fair. Like, the Pirates are definitely the worst team in baseball. 
All right. And, you know, there are other teams out there that have been struggling in the American League. The Angels come to mind. Uh, the Royals oh, come to mind as well. You know who is – I'm telling you, though, Kev, you know who is not struggling and is right now the best team in the American League? It's the damn Oakland A's. And we were on this team, right? Going into the season, yes, we said the Angels as well, but we thought Houston could be had, right? And we knew that Oakland, I remember mentioning to you, Oakland has won 97 games the last two years in a row. And they get to kind of just like, ho-hum, keep it going. Well, what do you know? Another good effort out of Mike Fires yesterday, and they get a 3-1 win. Steven Scotty out there with some ribbies. They keep it going. Oakland now now at 22 and 10 with the best record in the American League they got Bassett on the hill they are minus 190 how would you play this one cuz Oakland continues to win would you be okay hmm. with you know maybe playing the run line trying to shave a little of that juice off in this one or you know do you play the dog at home in Texas yeah i, I think people would would tell you that there's some value on uh the home dog here I'm interested in the total of nine and a half because one of the things that um, we actually hadn't had the opportunity to revisit until now, Dane, has been the over-under numbers at the Globe that have started to oh, come yeah. back to the pack. Like if you remember, oh, okay. it was something like they were under a bunch, six yeah. and one. Yeah, it was just it was all under. Like now, of the sixteen games that they've played at the Globe, it's a uh, seven over nine under. And if you consider where that okay. started. Right, like that's right. now been a big overput. So, like seven right? of the so last nine have been over. Then something along those lines, right? So yeah. it started to come back to the to the middle a little bit, and I just wonder if that means okay, is it now totally take it game by game, or could we still be at a point where the numbers have they fully caught up and middled out? But maybe now you should just be playing the globe games over. All right, fair enough. We will take a look at that. The other first place team we got to talk about is in the AL East, and it is the Tampa Bay Rays. And they kept their winning ways going yesterday with a 4 3 victory over Baltimore. They see Baltimore again. And Baltimore was winning a little bit early on. Nice, cute little story. Santander is absolutely crushing the ball. He needs to be, you know, had on any fantasy lineup and respected because he is keeping it going. But this is about the Tampa Bay Rays. They sent one of their openers out in Ryan Yarbrough, but they're minus 198 and a half is the total. I know we don't have a ton of time for this game, Kev, but Tampa, kind of like Oakland, they just keep chugging along. You could talk about the Astros. You could talk about the Yankees. You could talk about all these marquee name teams, but these are the teams that are in the top of the actual standings, and Tampa keeps on going. You think they get tripped up today by John Means and Baltimore? Hopefully not. Mr. Yarbrough just received right. a nice morning ad from myself to a fantasy roster Ooh, that uh, nice. is around running that has been struggling and I'm very upset about. Uh, so hopefully he can come give uh, the group a little bit. I'm of sure boost. he will. The total of eight and a half is interesting as this series is played comfortably under to start. Um, and I just think you can identify these spots. Potentially there's you know people out there that have been playing Rezos since the start of the series. And you've been playing under. Nice. If you've not, though, maybe come back around and over today. And they're due for a little bit more offense. All right, fair enough. Remember, we also have a bunch of double headers in the league, we think, today. Remember, because yeah. these teams that did not play yesterday, right? Milwaukee didn't play yesterday. So now they have a scheduled double header. Maybe, right? Uh, the Dodgers and the Giants didn't play yesterday. So now they got a scheduled double header. Maybe, right? And then the Padres and the Mariners didn't play yesterday. 
So now they got to schedule doubleheader. We know NBA players are meeting and stuff. I don't necessarily know how that decision is going to come to pass. But remember, even with like coronavirus, Kev, we've just had players making group text decisions, right? So we may see more of that today as well, Kev. What do you I, think? I, you think baseball? You think they play these games today? I, I th- what about the Brewers? I think, you think so. the Brewers play I today? I think so. I think so. I'll just say this. Like, I, yeah, I, I just can't help but laugh, though, because you see the three, there's four doubleheaders, three of them yesterday, yeah. and it's like, oh, yeah, the Cardinals have a doubleheader again. Don't, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they still got to make up some action as well. We tie a nice, neat little bow this episode of the early line. When we come back, stick with us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here on the early line. But keep it locked all day long, okay? That's what you need to do here on the grid. And to be quite honest, you got to keep it locked today, maybe more than most days, right? Because there is going to be fluid situations happening throughout the day and what could continue to be a very huge day of activism. But we have the morning after up next, right? And so we have a couple of minutes with our guy, Jared Smith, and he's in here now and jared there are so many like big heavy weighty deep questions that i could ask you right now right especially because of what we are seeing in the nba the wnba mls the milwaukee brewers and what have you there's a lot of things i could ask you that are really hard hitting however I have to ask you something else. I saw you on the morning after yesterday and those little like pictures that you could send to people that move around a little bit and are cool that are spelled G I F. Can you pronounce that word for me, please? Is it a GIF or is it a GIF? No, no, it's not a GIF. It is not a GIF. Jared, come on now. Is your name Jared? Come on now. No, it is a GIF. And I had no idea because I didn't know if this was like a millennial thing. And I'm just like, get off my lawn. But Jared, come on, man. It's GIF. I, you know, it's funny. Of all the things on the show we did yesterday, I'm glad that that, because you are the quality control analyst for the morning after. That's right. And that's why this is what I had about that. I was like, oh my God, I got to talk to Jared about this. I, I was not expecting to get this question. I will defer. I, I, I honestly, it's funny. I have done research about this. I actually have not gotten, I, I've asked people and I do get different answers. Now I'm very, okay. I am never ashamed to admit when I'm wrong. If, if it is GIF, I will Let's absolutely change my tone. This. Nate, here's what? another one for you, Nate. Niche. Give me the handicap niche. on this, Jack. Go ahead. I've gotten Ooh. that one two ways as well. Niche. I, I call it niche. niche. I call it niche. You call it tomato. I call it yes. tomato. You call it potato. I call it potato. I'm sure this and a ton of other hard-hitting topics are up next. The morning after. Keep it locked here on SportsGrid. Have a good day, everybody. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.